0: Amen. Thank you guys. Thank our praise team. Thank our choir. Thank all of you for taking part in worship this morning. And so we pray that that was pleasing to the Lord. If you brought your copy of God's Word, please turn to a familiar passage, John chapter 3. John chapter 3. And while you're turning to John chapter 3, I'll just call your attention to the crosses over here. Those two crosses with all those cards. You know, for the last four, five weeks, I guess it's been five weeks, We've been trying to connect with friends, and those cards represent, well, some of you, uh, your names are on those cards. Uh, individuals are on there, entire families are on there. And what we've been doing, every time we'd connect with someone, we'd put it on the cross. And then we'd come back together, and we'd start praying for those names that were on the cross. And so you have probably been prayed for if you're here today and was invited by or connected with one of uh, our uh, members of our church family, and so you've been prayed for, and so we're happy you're able to, to be here this morning. You know, we kind of focused on the theme about heaven, The song kind of related to heaven this morning, and I want to share with you in a message that I've simply entitled How to Go to Heaven When You Die. How to Go to Heaven When You Die. Let's look, if you will, at John chapter 3, and we'll look at a familiar passage. We're going to read verses 1 and following. Notice that except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus in verse 4 said unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter into the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God, so he cannot see the kingdom of God. He cannot even enter the kingdom of God until he's born again. Verse 6, that which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, don't think it's strange. Don't think it's something unheard of. I'm telling you, Jesus said, I'm telling you. If you're going to see heaven, if you're going to enter heaven, you have to be born again. Verse 8, the wind blows, or bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So it is with that is born of the Spirit, of one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus, in verse 9, answered and said unto him, How can these things be? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know and testify what we've seen, and you receive not our witness. And if I've told you earthly things and you believe them not, how shall you believe if I tell you the heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up into heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man be lifted up. Or must the Son of Man be lifted up. Verse 15, That whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever or whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is coming to the world. Men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doth evil hateth light, or the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. May we pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we've had to to come and worship you and now for you to speak to our hearts through your word. I thank you for each person here uh, today and I pray now your Holy Spirit will speak to our hearts and draw those who have never believed in you trusted you to be their their savior their lord their savior today would be that day for others perhaps who have committed their lives to you but for whatever reason they're not following like they should and i pray that your holy spirit will draw them back to you today thank you for what you're going to do in our time together in jesus name amen so how to go to heaven when you die, the most important decision that you'll ever make is the, the decision of your eternal destiny. The most important decision you'll ever make. Now, you'll make some important decisions, but the most important one you'll ever make is your eternal destiny. The Bible says that life here is just kind of like a vapor it, it's here for a while and then, then it goes away. And everyone, the Bible says, is going to live somewhere forever. We're going to live somewhere. We can live in heaven, which is eternal life, eternal joy, eternal bliss. Or you live in hell, and that's eternal punishment. That's a place without God. That's a place con- where those are condemned by God. And that's a place where those are, who refuse Christ are separated forever and forever and forever from God and from Jesus Christ. And I would think it would be safe for me to say this morning that no one here wants to go to hell when you die. I believe all of us here today would be truthful to say, hey, we want to go to heaven. No one's planning to go to hell. Everyone really is planning to go to heaven. And so the point is you don't have to go to hell. And you don't have to go to heaven. But you can't stay here. A hundred years from now, you're going to be somewhere. And the Bible says there's only two places. There's this place called heaven that we're all planning to go to. And then there's this place called hell where we don't want to go to. And so we can't stay here. And so we, we're going to die, you know. Uh, People die of all ages. I heard just this past week, a little two-year-old girl was killed from injuries in an automobile accident. I had a good friend whose son was killed. His son was my friend, and he was a young man, 35, 36 years old. People of all ages die. So we don't don't need to be so naive to think we're not going to die. Because we are. We're all going to die. So the question then becomes, how can I go to heaven when I die? You know, the greatest need that you have in your life is to make sure that you experience what the Bible says is this new birth. Very important, John, John 3, because the Bible says it's, it's a necessity if you're going to heaven. Jesus said, Marvel not that I say unto you, Nicodemus, you must be born again. That's, that's must be born again. So in order to go to heaven, a person must be born again. And so this new birth is necessary to go to heaven. John 3, verse 3 says, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. John 3, 5. Notice what he says there in verse 5. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water. And I re- some believe that's referring to baptism, but if you read it in context about the physical birth and the spiritual birth, you'll see that this really uh, is not referring to baptism. It's really referring, I believe, to the physical birth. And then it, he says, born of water. It could be referring to the water of God, of the Bible, the Holy Scriptures, which is referred to as the washing of the water of the Word. And so that word water could refer to uh, the Word of God. But I believe personally, right here in this passage in context, it's referring to, a, to a, a, a physical birth. And so, but the big question is what does it mean to be born again? And so these words born again really describe a spiritual experience that's taught in the Bible. John 1, if you'll go back to John 1, look at verse... John one verse twelve and thirteen says this. But as many as received him, speaking of Jesus, to them he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born. Here it is, born not of the blood, not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So the spiritual birth that only God can give is referred to throughout the Bible. John one twelve and thirteen. James one eighteen says of his own will he begat us with the word of faith 1 Peter 1.21 says born again of, not of corruptible seed but of incorruptible by the word of God that liveth and abideth forever and so the point being born again is a, a biblical term for the spiritual experience known as regeneration or a birth from above or we refer to it at times as salvation and so you say, well, Brother Sammy, how important is this new birth? How important is this regeneration or this salvation? Well, it's essential that you're born again if you're going to go to heaven. So that's pretty, that's pretty important. So people need regeneration. They need to be born again. They need regeneration. They don't need reformation. Um, reformation is, is when you put a, a suit on a man, a new suit on a man. That's, that's reformation. But regeneration is when you put a new man in a suit. Because when you come to Christ, God changes you. He changes you on the inside. You may look a little different. You may look the same on the outside. But something changes on the inside. Reformation is, is um, whitewashing. Regeneration is washing someone white. That's, that's the spiritual Birth. So every person who has ever lived, or who will ever live, must be regenerated, born again, saved, if they're going to go to heaven when they die. It's a must. And so there's a must for the new birth. Notice there in verse 3, he said, except a man, meaning, uh, generically, meaning anyone. A man, woman, boy, girl, except a man be born again. So, you know, you, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You cannot go to God. You would expect Jesus to say to Nicodemus, uh, he, to say to a drunkard, except you're born again, you won't see the kingdom of God. You could expect him to say that to a prostitute or maybe to an addict or maybe to a murderer. He, you'd expect him to say to them, you must be born again. However, he's speaking to Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a very wealthy man. Some believe he was one of the wealthiest men in Jerusalem. Some believe not only he was wealthy, but he was very smart. Some believe that he even designed the water system in Jerusalem. Some believe it was Nicodemus that came and brought myrrh and alloys to to the grave of Jesus. And so the point is, Jesus kind of ignored all of his riches and says, Nicodemus, you must be born again. And he was a respectable man. The Bible says he's a member of the Sanhedrin court. That's kind of like our supreme court. He was a respectable man. So you have this prominent man, this respected respected leader in the community. And Jesus said to him, ye must be born again. He was a religious man. He was a Pharisee, the most religious group of, of the time. You remember Paul, Saul of Tarsus was a Pharisee and he tried to... To do away with Christianity, and he was putting Christians in prison. He was murdering Christians. He was going to stamp out Christianity. But he had an experience with Jesus on the Damascus Road, and he was regenerated. He He was born again. But Paul was a very religious person, but he didn't know anything about being born again. He was religious, but he was lost. The rich young ruler, remember him, he was religious, but he was lost. And now you have Nicodemus, religious, respected in the community, but he was lost. There was something lacking in his life. So the point is, don't depend on your church affiliation, don't depend on your religion to go to heaven. You must be born again. That's what Jesus said. So there's a must because there's a need for all of humanity. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's a must. We're sinners by nature, by choice. There's a must just simply because of the nature of heaven. Heaven's a pure place, and and no godliness, no ungodliness is in heaven. No sin is in heaven. If I went to heaven without being born again, forgiven, cleansed of my sin, I'd mess heaven up. Heaven wouldn't be heaven. And so just heaven, just the nature of heaven requires something to happen to me that will, that will wipe away or cleanse my sin. Look at verse 5. He says, you must be born again from above. See, that's the key. You must be born again from above. Jesus said, you must be partakers of this divine nature. It's from above. It's flesh gives birth to flesh. Remember that? Flesh gives birth to flesh, but this comes comes from above. So the point being, before you get to heaven, the nature of heaven has to get in you. Something has to get in you in order for you to get to heaven. My goodness, the point before you get to heaven, the nature of heaven gets in you. And so you and I, we wouldn't fit into heaven in our natural condition. There's no way so we'd be kind of out of place in heaven we'd kind of be like a fish out of water so the point is God must do a change in your heart change in your life before you go to heaven and you must be born again not from a physical birth but a spiritual birth so there's the must of the new birth and there's the mystery of it do you see that in verse 4 Nicodemus said how can these things be How how can a person enter into their mother's womb and be born again how can they start over so there's a mystery to it. There, there's a mystery to a lot of things. There's a mystery to the Bible. I don't understand all the Bible. There's a mystery to, the, to God. We don't understand God. There's a mystery to heaven. There's a mystery to hell. I don't understand all those things. And, there, and, and God told Nicodemus, there's a mystery to the new birth. And if we knew all about the new birth, it, it'd take all the supernatural out of it. It wouldn't be a mystery anymore. And just because we don't understand something, there's no reason to miss the blessings of it. You may not understand God and heaven and the Bible, but you shouldn't miss the blessings. And of course, you may not understand the new birth, but you don't want to miss the blessings of it because that's how a person goes to heaven when they die. You must be born again. I don't understand all there is, I don't hardly understand anything about electricity. know where the wall switch is and that's about it. But I'm, not going, I'm going to use it, although I don't understand it, see. I mean, I don't understand the parts about an automobile, how it works, or a smartphone. I got one of those. Uh, it's a misnomer with me. I, I don't know how to work all of it. But I, I enjoy the blessings of it. I do understand. And then I don't, I don't understand the Apple Watch but you enjoy the blessings if you have one and understand just so much of it. So the point is, don't miss the blessing because of the mystery of it. You still don't understand it all. Don't miss the blessing because you don't understand it all. Just understand you've got to be born again when, uh, before you go to heaven. But notice, third and finally, the evidence of it. They're in verse 8. Look at that. You may not understand it. He says, kind of like the wind. Uh, you don't understand all there is about the wind. Uh, but there's evidence of it, you know, there's a mystery about the spiritual birth just like there is about the wind. You know, you can feel the wind, you can hear the wind, there's a mystery about the wind. You can't catch the wind, you can't lock the wind up. You, you can see it, you can, you can see the effects of it. Same way it is with the new birth. You can feel the, you can see the effects of the new birth. You ever seen anyone that's been saved and all of a sudden their life just changes totally. You know, and you say, well, wonder what happened to him, or wonder what happened to her. They got saved, and you can see the effects of it. You may not understand all there is about it, but it's a mystery, but you can see the effects of it, just like you can the wind. A good friend here in the church, Doug, Doug Doug was, he was uh, needing Christ, and he, He prayed, humbled himself, asked Christ to come into his life and save him like so many do, and and God changed him on the inside, and all of a sudden there was this remarkable change. that took place on the inside, and it began to affect how he lived on the outside. And that's why the Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. One One reason you know you're saved is that your life's been changed. And so the point is you can see the effects on a person's life uh, you can see them have a new regard for the Word of God, a new regard for God, a new regard for prayer, a good, a new regard for church, attending church, a new regard for their fellow man, how they treat each other. And Second Corinthians says, "If any man be in Christ, old things have passed away; behold, all things have become new." In John 3, verse 9, notice Nicodemus says, Well, how can these things be? And the point is, he didn't doubt the possibility of it. He just wanted to know the methodology. He wanted to know how he could experience that. He said, How in the world can these things be? And so he's wanting to experience. In verse 10, Jesus said, Oh, my goodness. Not literally, but figuratively. Look at verse 10. Jesus answered to him, Art thou a master of Israel, and you knowest not these things? I mean, you're a teacher. You're a rabbi. You, you're, you're a very religious person. You, you, you don't know this? I mean, you know, it, it really would... It, it would be surprising today to know how many people like Nicodemus that just depends on religion, depends on church, depends on their own efforts, depends on their rituals, sacraments, depends on all, they depend on all that stuff to go to heaven. They never consider about this thing called you must be born again. That's the way Nicodemus was. And so we have modern Nicodemuses today. They depend on their, their, their religion, they depend on on their good works, they depend on sacraments, they depend on all these things, and the Bible says, ye must be born again. My goodness, everyone today, religious, some religious but lost, they think everything's okay, but they're headed for this place called hell, because look at verse 11 and 12, verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we do not know, testify that we've seen, yet you received not our witness. If I told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you the heavenly things? And then he says something in verse 13. No man hath ascended into heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up. And so in verses 13 and 14, Jesus shows there's two parts necessary for that new birth. Look at that. First of all, you have the Savior, verse 13. Jesus came down to heaven. And you know why? He, He came down to heaven for you and for me to be born again. That's why he came down. Verse 14, he, he's talking about the cross. And then there's the second part. Jesus came down the first part. Second part's found in verse 15. He says, "Whosoever or whoever, whosoever, whosoever means you, whoever means you, means me, believes whoever believes." Notice that in verse 15. "Whosoever believeth in him should not perish." but have everlasting life. My goodness. The only requirement for you to be born again is that you want to be born again. That's the only requirement. Be willing to place your faith in Jesus Christ. Trust him for your salvation, not religion, not your church affiliation, not being good. All those things are important. The sacraments, um, all that's important. They have their place, but they won't bring salvation. flesh gives birth to flesh anything I do fleshly is going to produce flesh it's only by the spirit of God that can change a person on the inside I can share real quick just with my hand how you can be saved it's called faith F is for forgiveness you'll never go to heaven without forgiveness the bible is real clear in Ephesians 1 17 in him meaning Jesus we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sin. Faith. F, forgiveness. A, it's available to everybody. It's available to all of you. The Bible says it this way. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. F, A, I, it's impossible to go to heaven without forgiveness because we're sinners by nature and by choice, and we'd mess everything up if, if that was permitted. But that's not permitted. So it's impossible to go to heaven without it. Matthew 7, 21 says, not everybody says, Lord, Lord is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. So there has to be something done with this thing called sin. And that's where T comes in. You turn from your sin and you turn to a person by the name of Jesus. You trust Jesus for what he did. He came from heaven to die on the cross for your sins and my sins. That's why he came. If there was anything else that God would permit other than that, he would have kept Jesus in heaven. That's the reason why he came. The angel said to the shepherds, says, Behold, I bring you glad tidings, good tidings of great joy, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. He's the Savior. And you turn from your sin and turn to this Savior, Jesus, and you humble your heart and say, Jesus, I know you came to die on the cross for my sins. And I'm a sinner. And today I ask you to forgive me of my sins and come into my life and save me. I believe you, you're who you say you are. I believe you're God's son. I believe you came and died. I believe you, you were buried. I believe you arose. I believe you, you arose from the dead and you it into heaven. And one day you're coming back. And I want to be on that trip back to heaven, my goodness. It's all simple. It can be wrapped up just on your fingers in this word called faith. In just a moment, we're going to have an invitation. And uh, you're going to have an opportunity to respond to to God as he invites you to call on him. As the Holy Spirit convicts you this morning, perhaps, you may be a guest, and we're not talking about being a member of View Baptist Church. We're talking about coming today and saying, I want to trust Jesus Christ. And we'll share with you how you can do that. And then we'll help you as you begin to grow as a Christian. You know, um, come and experience this new birth that only he can give. Some of you today probably have made a decision years ago, but for whatever reason, you've walked away from God. That's easy to do if we're not careful. However, today, God may be calling you back in a sweet fellowship with him. And I encourage you today to, to, uh, to make that commitment. You know, God wants us to be functioning church members. Functioning church members. It, it's not scriptural. There's no, there's no such thing in the Bible as an inactive church member. None. And so when God saves you, he saves you to work, and get plugged into a local body of believers, and he left us here to share the gospel until he comes back after us. We're to be functioning church members. And today God may have spoken to you and said, listen, you need, to, you need to be functioning. I've, I've, you know why you have a spiritual gift? where well, you can edify and build up the body of Christ. And every person saved has at least one gift. Some of you today may be like Nicodemus. May be religious and lost. I'm going to tell you something. You may be dependent on your baptism, and that's good, it's important, but Jesus saves. May be dependent on serving and working in the church, may be dependent on what you give to the church, but I'm going to tell you what Jesus said Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. And to be good and religious, in those areas, and they have their place, that is too big a gamble with your soul to miss heaven. So don't worry about what people are going to think. You know, people say, well, what's my family going to think? My spouse going to think? My children going to think? And, and by the way, Brother Sammy, there's, there's too many hypocrites down there in that church. Well, what you're saying there is you're, you're no better than a hypocrite. You're saying there are no gooders. They're, they're no good, and uh, and you're no good either, if you're like the hypocrite. They're dependent on something besides Jesus. And uh, after death, I'm going to tell you, there's no second chance. The Bible says, as death finds you, so shall the judgment. And so the question boils down to, do you want to go to heaven when you die? I pray today you'll come and give your heart and your life to Christ. Let's bow our heads for a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the simplicity of your word. We go back to a familiar passage. Oftentimes it's just a one verse, but there's a lot in that chapter. And so I pray for each person here today. Lord, our guests, those that normally attend church here, and I pray that this is a time of evaluation. And Lord, to realize that if we're going to go to heaven when we die, that we must be born again. And that's a supernatural birth. And when a person truly places their faith and trust in you, Lord, you'll change them on the inside. And we'll see the difference on the outside. We'll see the evidence. It's like we see the wind blowing and moving things around. We know it's out there, don't understand it. We can see things happening. Thank you for what you're going to do in this invitation hymn. We make this prayer in Jesus' name.